Hi, thanks for tuning in to Holy Spirit Feed. I'm Jen Johnson. I'm excited to share what God has been showing me. I'm praying that your spiritual ears and eyes will be open to hear and see what Holy Spirit has for you. Welcome to part two of John 14. Okay, this is where it's about to get good. I mean, part one of John 14 was good, but now Jesus is about to talk about Holy Spirit, so it's going to get even better. We're going to read John 14, verses 15 through 31. We'll read straight through once, then go back through and see what verses Holy Spirit has highlighted for us today. Verse 15, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. Okay, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. So right out of the gate, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. So we could even flip that and say, if we aren't keeping his commands, do we love him? Each one of us has to ask ourselves that question. We don't read scripture to be condemned, but instead convicted. So if that hits a nerve, dig deeper with God and ask him to show you more of that how to love him. Then the keeping his commands will fall into place when we love him. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Come on, I love this. You guys, we have to know the importance of this, the value of Holy Spirit. Advocate to be with you forever. Yes, that's so amazing. In verse 17, it says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Prophesy Jesus. Come on, this word is spirit and life. When you read the word, there is life in it that transfers to you. You are a believer. Jesus is in you. You are in him. You are in the Father. The Father is in you. You are in the Holy Spirit, and he is in you already. But when you read or you hear the word, you are taking in life. There's a transfer happening every time if you pay attention. Since you are in God and God is in you, 
It's like a revolving door almost, and you get stuck in it in a good way. Take a moment to imagine having life swirling all around and in you. I think this is a good time to activate that. So let's just go ahead and and ask the Lord a question, and we're just going to have him answer us. Go ahead and close your eyes if you can, and we're going to ask Holy Spirit a question and listen for his response. So Holy Spirit, show me what it looks like to have life swirling around me. Holy Spirit, show me what it looks like to have life swirling around me. If you need to take a minute to go ahead and uh, just receive from the Lord on that, that would be awesome. I'm sure you guys saw some great things. I'm going to go ahead. So in talking about that transferring life, you can define ministry in more than one way, but recently I heard it defined just as that, transferring life. There is a transfer. So receive when you read or hear the word. Receive so that you can be that place of overflow like we talked about. I heard a message where the speaker said something about that. Are you a glass half full person or a glass half empty person? And he said, I'm a glass overflowing person. I'm like, amen. Come on, preach. We ought to be overflowing with that Holy Spirit life. All right, moving on to 18 through 20. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Life, there it is again. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So he's repeating this for a reason. How many feel like you've had some of the same cycles happen in certain areas of your life? So repeat good things like Jesus is doing here, but learn from those wrong things and get them out. Continuing on, verse 21 says, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. First, you have to know his commandments, then keep them through his power. You can do it. And the key is loving him. You know, sometimes I don't always agree with what my husband wants to do or or thinks about something, but I still go along with it because I love him, right? If he's listening to this, he's probably laughing right now. (laughs) He's probably thinking, usually we do what you want to do. But you get my point. It's really about relationship. The relationship is important. So you're willing to do something that someone else wants to do because you care or you love that person. The rest of verse 21 says, The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So if you love Jesus, you will be loved by the Father. That's a done deal. They go hand in hand. Then Jesus will love you, and he ups the ante. He says, Better yet, I will show myself to you. What? How many want Jesus to show himself to you? That's awesome. What does that look like? I'm sure it looks like many things, but a start would be those signs and miracles that we were talking about. So on the flip side, if you aren't seeing much Jesus in your life, why not? These are the keys in these verses. We don't want to miss them. Are we paying attention? I'm going to skip down to verse 26. This is, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He will transfer life. That's what that's saying. He's going to teach you all things. Then when you forget them, he's going to remind you. Awesome. That would be so cool that the things that you forget that you need to know, you just would have someone right there to remind you. I love it. 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That's a promise right there. If you want Jesus's peace, take it. It's yours. Then it goes on to say, you heard me say, I am going away 
and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it happens, you will believe. Okay, so he's talking about foreknowledge there. Jesus has that for us still today. You might think, well, how can I know the future? Why can't you know the future? Fortune tellers do it all the time. They actually stole that from us. The devil always tries to take what's good and pervert it and warp it and make a counterfeit. So God intends something like knowing things to come for good. You know, it's prophecy. But Satan takes it and fortune tellers and they use it on the wrong side for evil. So let's not be afraid of it. Let's take it back. Let's use it for kingdom purposes like it was originally intended. So I remember um, when I was graduating, obviously years ago, but we had a grad bash, which most of the time they do, and they had a fortune teller there. And she like would look into this crystal ball and say something to you about your life. So she would, she, when I went up there, she said, I see that you have a dog and his name is Magic. And I was like, what? Because that was true. I was like, how does she know that? I do have a dog named Magic. And I found out later that apparently they had asked every kid's parents to turn in an info card to the fortune teller to use during that time. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't even know why they would have something like that anyway, like black magic at a school sponsored event. That was so weird. And you know, some people are like, oh, that's no big deal. Uh, I'm not in that camp. I don't do that stuff. And I never let my kids do like the Ouija boards or any of that because I know that the spirit realm is real and I know what side I'm on. We've actually even, one time my one of my daughter's friends wound up having a Ouija board and she like didn't even realize, you know, that she had it, but we were together some one day and we found it. And so it was like, well, what are you going to do with it? And so we actually just helped her burn it and just get rid of it. We took it out to the fire pit and did away with it. But anyway, that's kind of off topic, but an important one. Sounds like a future podcast to me. <laughs> All right. So this verse is talking about Holy Spirit tells us things ahead of time through dreams, words of knowledge, prophetic words. Holy Spirit tells you things to come. He guides you into all truth. That is totally a normal part of a believer's life. And you might say, well, not for me. Well, it could be 100%. I'm not saying you're going to know everything. But my question, if you aren't getting any pre-knowledge about what's currently happening around you or in the future from the Lord, first off, we're back to that, are you asking? He said, ask, and he said, whatever and anything. So probably he's not going to tell you everything, just enough light for the step you're on, but he will tell you something. And the better you get to know him, the more he'll show you. It says in that verse, he will show himself to you. Okay, we're in the home stretch, guys, so don't check out. We're almost done. We're on verse 30. So I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me. And I actually want to read that in a different version as well. Um, this is the Amplified Classic Edition. I will not talk to you much more for the prince. And then in parentheses, it has evil genius ruler. For the prince of the world is coming and he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him and he has no power over me. So I love that that says nothing in common. And it made me think, do I have anything in common with Satan? Do you have anything in common with Satan? You might be thinking, of course not. But wait, let's talk about that. Are you believing any of the same things he does? 
any of his lies? Have you come into agreement with anything that he says about you? And just for example, I'm not good enough. I'll never get that promotion. My spouse and I will never get along. The list goes on. Do you have anything in common with him? I know that's tough. In John 6, 53, the background on this, Jesus is teaching and some of the disciples had already been grumbling. And then Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Then the disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Jesus is like, you have to eat my body and drink my blood. That's it. If it's hard, it's hard, but that's it. You have to get real with Jesus. Get raw with him. He literally got raw for you on the cross. His skin was missing. He was marred beyond recognition. I know that's a hard word too, but it's true. You meant that much to him. How much does he mean to you? How much do you have in common with him? Or do you have things in common with our enemy that you need to break agreement with? Take back your delegated authority, the power that you gave Satan by believing his lies, and instead choose to believe the truth that Jesus offers. In college, I had a friend group who every Thursday we would get together for Survivor. I don't know if you guys remember that show, but (laughs) we would get together every Thursday night. We would watch that and we'd have like a Survivor party. And so that group of friends, like we had bad habits in common. And I didn't want to let go of those friends because I had these things in common with them. And at some point, I began to have more in common with Jesus than with them. So I had to let them go. So, you know, don't misunderstand. Don't just get saved and then bolt and leave everybody behind. But I was going somewhere. I was following Jesus. And those friends weren't going that way. And they had no interest. I had to make a decision. So pray for those friends and then go after Jesus. Who knows? They may come along at a later point, but you need to move forward. My point is, I had things in common with them that I didn't want to let go. So what do you have in common with your enemy that you're partnering with that gives him access to you? You have total power over the enemy when you have nothing in common with him. He has no hold on you. So how do I do that? What's the lie? What do you have in common with Satan? What did he tell you that you believed? That's how he has that access to you. Remember Adam and Eve? And God said to them, who told you you were naked? That's the open door, your wrong belief. So we need to repent. We just need to change our mind. We need to close the door on that lie. And we need to ask Jesus, what's the truth? And I choose to believe that. 1 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? All right, and back to our main scripture, the last verse here in John 14, it's verse 31, it says, But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let us leave. We made it through, you guys. You did a great job hanging in there. I just shared what the Lord highlighted to me in John 14, but my hope is that this inspired you, and I would even challenge you to go back through John 14 on your own, slowly, and ask the Lord to reveal some things to you personally. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Join me next time on Holy Spirit Feed.